in the secret place is where all the important stuff happens in your prayer closet with him communing with God one on one this nation is craving a revival you're craving revival he's able and willing to give you what you desire today we don't have to travel to Asbury because he's here today hallelujah Jesus I give you all today God all today Lord hallelujah Jesus it's where I abide Lord I praise your name Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, I praise your name. When we praise Him, He draws all men unto Him. That's how we do revival. We praise Him and we lift Him up. He shows up and He saves. Hallelujah, Jesus. It's not by our works. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise your name, God. I lift you up, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. It's time to stir the pot. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. When I'm feeling down, I'm gonna praise. When the doctor gives me bad news, I'm gonna praise. I worship you, God. I speak your name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Oh, my worship. Oh, my praise. I give my all. I give my all. I give my all. I give my own. I give my own. Oh, I desire you. In all I do. In all I do. My soul thirsts for you. Does your soul thirst for him? I give my all to you forever. Can you just lift your hands all over this house right now? If you feel like joining in, we'd love you to, but God is here right now. He's here. Can you say that? He's here. I, I, I wanted just to give you a small praise report. Well, it's small to maybe some, but it's huge to one family I know that during that ice storm, a big tree fell over on Brother and Sister Obajensky's house their mobile home and it crushed right down the middle of their mobile home an unlivable situation 
they didn't know what to do they thank you <laughs> Trinice and Travis took them in for a few days and other friends took them in and we began to pray the realtor said I don't sure you can qualify for a rental I, I think you're probably gonna have to go back to a place you don't want to go but God said but God said God gave, God gave the Obajinsky family a three-bedroom house with a fenced-in yard, a garage, and a shed. But God said, I can't get no witness in this house. I said, but God said. I said, but God said. But God said. The realtor said, I don't think you're going to get this. I don't know. No, just you're wasting your time. And uh, if you know anything about Brandon Obajenski, my God, he's like a, a bulldog holding on to a stake. He said, my God's able. And when faith, when faith, listen, when faith runs out, no, no, faith never runs out. Because we got to hold on to God's unchanging hand. People say you got to hold on to, no. I'm not holding on. I, I'm going to just stay secure. I'm not holding on. I never left his lap. I never left his promise. So I want you to do something for me and for Brother Obajinski and his wife Faith. I want you to give God a praise for them right now. I want you to give God a praise for them right now. We give you honor and glory today. Oh, yeah. I give my own. I give my own. Oh, yeah. God is in this house. Pastor Nan, me and this, this inner set of monitors, I can't hear myself. And turn everybody else off in these monitors if you want. <laughs> Someone say amen. How many are ready for the word of the Lord? Uh, are you ready for the word of the Lord today? At the close of our service, we will be receiving our first month communion today. I'm looking forward to, to communing with God together with you as we have our communion service today at the end of our time of in the Word. So let me take you to the Word of the Lord and let me help you with a word that the Lord has been speaking to me for a couple months and uh, in the beginning I thought, man, it's, this is the God speaking to me and then I began to share it with a few of my, my people that I meet with and that we are sup and come together and talk about the word of the Lord. But the Lord spoke to me this week and said, it's time. So for the next three Sundays, Brother Dan uh, Tackett, we're going to trade uh, Sundays. You're supposed to preach in two weeks and I'll let you preach in three weeks. How's that, Brother Dan? So uh, we're going to trade because the next three weeks I'm going to preach. This week I'm going to preach a sign from, everybody say a sign from Jonah. And next week I'm going to preach how Jonah got out of the belly 
of the great fish. And in the third, in the third stanza that Lord spoke to me about, I'm going to preach to you about three days and three nights. A sign from Jonah. If you're here this morning, you definitely want to be here next week because I'm going to continue this message. This message will just end. It won't be completed because God is speaking to his house. Matthew 12 and verse 38, you'll see it on the screen behind me. This is what it says. This is Jesus. This is the Pharisees. He had just delivered a young man blind and mute. And this is what this Pharisee, they were upset that he had delivered somebody on the Sabbath. They were upset about so many things. And the Bible says, and some scribes and Pharisees answered saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. Everybody shout a sign. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except, hear me today, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And the men of Nineveh, which is where Jonah was supposed to go preach, and eventually ended up going and preaching, and God delivered the whole community. But the men of Nineveh, watch this, will rise up, everybody shout rise up, in the judgment with this generation, and what? Condemn it. Why? Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you recognize it, but Brother Thomas said, God is here. I don't know if you heard it, but Brother Stefan said, God is in this house. He's here. And I'm here to declare that there's someone here greater than Jonah. He is here. His name is Jesus. Today I want to talk to you just for a little while about a sign from Jonah. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in Jesus' name. Those of you that are online, I hope that you will follow along as we go through the scriptures. I will be going to the book of Jonah here shortly. But I want us to look at something that we find here in Matthew chapter 12. Because it's here that we learn from Jesus. Everybody shout Jesus. We read the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. We might not think its relevance and how it might play. But Jesus said, everybody shout Jesus said. Jesus said that, listen, you seek a sign, but the only sign, the only sign that you're ever going to see is the sign of the prophet Jonah. Jonah, really? Not, not John the Baptist? Not, not, not Peter, James, and John? Not Paul? Not, no. You're going to only see a sign. There will be no sign be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For Jonah was in the what the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We learn from this today that a sign from Jonah is something we should understand. The Lord spoke to me and said in a very, uh, a very real way in, in my prayers that we need to know more about what's this sign. How many believe we're living in the last days, in the last hours? Can you shout amen? amen. What are we looking for? We're looking for signs of his coming. 
We're looking for things that we can point to and say, because of that, we can see that Jesus is coming closer. Signs are interesting as they, they point the way. I have been in foreign countries where there were no signs, where you had to stop and ask people, if, is this the road to Hana? Is this the road to the place I'm trying to go? Is this the road where I want to end up at? And they will direct you. Sometimes through Google Translator, you have to sit there and talk to them uh, because you don't understand, because signs are so important. Uh, driving in those same countries, uh, not knowing what the sign says, because it says it in a language you're unfamiliar with. Signs are so important. They tell us when to stop and when to go. They tell us what street we live on. They tell us where all of our Amazon packages can be delivered. Signs. Signs are important. Someone say signs are important. We are commanded to look for signs of His coming. I think that if we're not careful, we will see signs and not really understand the value of them. I've lived in Ypsilanti my whole entire life, and I know landmarks better than I know street names. Down by the yellow house, you're going to turn the big mansion. It's right there in the corner, big giant thing. You're going to turn to the left and go down. There's a store there that has um, uh, the keg on the front of it, and, and you're going to stop. But I don't know the name of all the streets, right? Because uh, um, I was standing in India one time in, uh, in the middle of a grass uh, 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 runway, and there was a guy standing there, obviously an American. We started talking, and, and I said, where are you from? He said, well, if I told you, you'd never know. It's a, it's a little town called Ypsilanti. <laughs> I said, you're kidding me. This is weird. I said, you've got to be kidding. Yeah, no, I was raised on Normal Street. You know, it's like, oh my word. Yeah. Which, by the way, is an unnormal street. A very unnormal street. But a sign. Everybody shout a sign. Jesus had just healed. Everybody shout just healed. He had just healed healed a blind man. The Pharisees and the scribes were in the congregation as he healed them. He healed him from blindness and being mute and he saw him raised up and rejoice and began to, to see and to speak. But the religious group of that hour wanted to more proof. They, okay, that was a neat parlor trick, man. That was a cool game you played, man. You, you got some guy out of the crowd that acted deaf and, and acted mute and acted blind. And, and boy, Jesus, you must have really, wow, that's amazing. We want it on demand. We want you to do it. Show us another sign. It's interesting what Jesus says because Jesus says, uh, listen, this is pretty amazing. One of the few times he calls people evil. He says, uh, you're an evil and adulterous generation. You, you are an interesting group because you call yourself religious and righteous and yet you are demanding something that is in its sense evil and adulterous and it's, it's trying to seek after this sign. I want to just pause for a moment and, and let somebody hear me when I tell you that if we're not careful, God will deliver us out of the pit and the mire of sin and we will go right back to it and demand that God deliver us again. 
If we're not careful, we will use God's grace as something that is thrown to us as a buoy or as a rescue ring. And it comes and it brings us back and we're good for a moment, but then we return to the vomit that we were delivered from. And God is trying to speak to us in this hour. It's not time to take deliverance so lightly, but it's time to realize I've got to change my mind. I've got to change my heart that God is speaking in this hour and he's coming soon. It's not time to play church or play religion. It's time to be in a relationship with my God. So we find that they wanted to see it again. Some, some, if we're not careful, we will fall into this same trap of requiring God to do it again. To prove to us that he's still real. That he still loves us. The word sign uh, means this, to show proof of. Everybody say proof of. Uh, it means to have a signal for. It means it's, it's something that you do or see. When we see the signs of the times, it's proof that he is coming. When we see signs of the time, it's a signal that he's coming. A sign is something that is meant for us to see. Everybody shout see. It's something for us to experience. A sign of the times. And the second return of Jesus Christ is everywhere. And those signs help us on a daily basis to, to live in a place of understanding that we've got to be ready to see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Signs help us with direction and helps us find our ways in the midst of the darkness of our lives. Uh, Jesus said in verse 39, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Verse 40 says, For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The Lord is speaking to this church and to us as a body of Christ in this hour through the life of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Read it, if you will, on the screen as I began to talk about this man, this prophet, this man of God, Jonah. Can I tell you something? He was a good man. Someone shout a good man. He was a man of God. Say a man of God. And yet we're going to learn that Jonah struggled with the will of God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amidi, saying, Go, arise, everybody shout arise, and go to Nineveh. Now, if you knew anything about Nineveh, it was a place of great sin. It was a great a place of great debauchery and great uh, wickedness and uh, violence. And if you read the history of Nineveh, it was a, a horrible place. The Bible says, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. I love how he begins to speak already in what will come, not what was. Uh, because God never speaks in your life to what it is, but what it can be. Uh, he says, I want you to arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. Uh, for their wickedness has come before me. In verse 3 it says what? But Jonah arose to flee. God said, arise, go to Nineveh. Jonah arose to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He arose to leave God's house. He arose to leave God's will and his way. He was told to arise and go. 
Imagine what God could have done in that moment of time in the life of Jonah if he would have just got up and did what God commanded him. God would have made a way where there seemeth no way. God would have brought peace where there was violence. God did bring peace where there was violence. But Jonah, the Bible says, arose to flee Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish. Where? From the presence. Come on, say it with me. From the presence of the Lord. I want to tell somebody in this house or listening online, nothing good comes when you're not in the presence of the Lord. There's something about Jonah's story that Jesus said, I want you to look at Jonah's life. He's going to show you a sign. It was here that we learned that he went away from the presence of the Lord. It's interesting to look at what God said versus what Jonah did. Jonah lived in his flesh. When we go on into the book of Jonah, we'll learn that Jonah hated the people of Nineveh. His bigotry caused him to run the other way. Oh, I'm going to preach. If we're not careful, God's word will come to us and what we see will not match what we feel. And instead of doing what we see from the presence of God, we will do what our flesh and our feelings want us to do. I'm going to preach right now. And here comes uh, the consequences. Because I'm telling you, as a child of God, everybody shout, I'm a child of God. You see, you live by different rules. You've been bought with a price. You've been paid for in full. When you say, he is mine and I am his, you give. Hear me today. You're giving God permission to look over your life, to rule and reign in your heart. This was not some stranger that God pressed his will upon. No, this was a man of God who was preaching the gospel in that hour, what it was, delivering the word of Jehovah. It was in that moment that he realized. We'll read later about how much he hates the people of Nineveh and how he despises them. And, and we will look at that at a later time. But hear me today. It was in this moment that jo uh, Joshua, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jonah said, I'm not doing what God said for me to do. He clearly knew what God said and he clearly walked the other way from the presence of the Lord. Did you know that there's consequences to your actions? Let me say it one more time. Did you know there's consequences to your actions? If you don't put the dog toys away at night, you will stumble and try to almost kill yourself in the middle of the night. Uh, can I get an amen? Moms and dads, if you don't pick up the Legos, you will feel like someone beat your feet to death the next morning because there's consequences to action or inaction. There's consequences. And here's what we find in the book of Jonah, chapter 1 and verse 4. But the Lord, everybody shout, but the Lord. I, I want to be very clear on this. I want you to say, but the Lord. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it was God. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, but the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. Make no mistake about it, this was God talking and trying to get the attention of Jonah. 
Sometimes we like to, to say, well, God would never do that. Well, if you're his child and you said, Lord, save me no matter what, and let me do your will, and I'm your servant and do whatever you need to do with me, then guess what? You have given him permission to send a great wind in your life. When you get off track and are living in sin, you have given him permission to send after you the mercy of God to try to rein you in and bring you to the kingdom. You have given God permission by your, what? By your baptism, by your confession of faith, and by the Holy Spirit living in you. So why is it so important? Because judgment begins at the house of God. And when you say, yes, Lord, it's not just some simple, well, that happened last Sunday. I don't, no, no, no. God takes your salvation seriously. Seriously, uh, and he does not want you to be lost. And so when you say, Lord, whatever it takes, he says, okay. But the Lord, everybody shout the Lord, sent out a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty, mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to break up or be broken up. In verse 5 it says, and the mariners were afraid, so every man cried out, his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. Watch this. When you're running, you affect others. When you run, you start losing stuff. The enemy starts talking you into throwing stuff overboard. Oh, I'm going to preach right now. This is a consequence. When you run from God's presence, He's going to send something in your life to rein you back in. But watch this. Jonah set stone-faced. The people around him are start being affected. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In Jesus' name, receive it. But I'm going to promise you, if you're a dad, you start wandering around in the world of sin, it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect them horribly. And it's going to cause pain and suffering. You're going to start losing stuff. You're going to start losing kids and babies and wives. This is not play. This is eternity. This is what God is telling us in His Word. Remember, uh, there's only one sign you're going to get, and that's the sign of Jonah the prophet. Don't do what Jonah did. Don't understand. You've got to look at the sign. You've got to read his life and say, when I run from the presence of God, that it affects my family, my friends, my neighbors, my church, uh, and I start losing stuff I didn't plan on losing. When you run... It affects everything. But Jonah, the Bible says, had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship and lain down. Watch this. And when he laid down, he fell fast asleep. Now imagine, they're having all kinds of chaos going on. And the Bible says that he said, you know, I know y'all are in the midst of a great tempest and a pretty big storm and the waves are coming over. In fact, the boat is fixing to be broken half, but I'm going to go take a nap. Because Jonah's life was unconcerned. He was that determined not to do what God had said. He let himself stick his head in the sand like an ostrich and think that everything was okay when he knew in his heart that what was going on around him was a direct result of what he was doing. In our lives, oh, I'm going to preach. I'm just going to keep preaching. I, I, I hope you're receiving today. So the captain came. Look, watch this. Uh, hear me today. Just because you sleep through your storm doesn't negate the effect of the storm. How many know people try to sleep through their storm? If I can drink enough, maybe the storm will get over. If I, if I can... 
if I can find enough relationships to keep my mind off that. I, I, I'm going to go things that, are, you know, I, 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 if I can keep my mind occupied with drugs, if I can keep my mind pornography, if I can keep my mind occupied world, uh, maybe, or maybe I'll go play golf day. Uh, I don't know what your drug is, but I'm going to tell you right now, you act like you're, nothing's going on and being asleep when God says you're in the midst of a storm and you know it. Some of the people I've ever met are the people that are caught between truth and reality of they want to do right, but evil is present. And they, they, they give in to this. Am I helping anybody right now? Speaking to the church right now. Listen, we're going to get to glory and dancing here in a few days. But listen, I want to preach to somebody and their heart and their mind. I want to appeal inner man. I want to appeal to greater than just a good Sunday service. I want to appeal to the spirit that's within you. I'm talking to your inner man today. I don't want your ears to us. Oh, well, I've heard the story of Jonah. No, no. God is speaking a fresh word for you today about your life and what God is trying to do with your life. Jonah was a man of God. And and he was supposed to do what God had blessed him to do. But he was down there sleeping. So the captain came to him and said, What do you mean, sleeper? What? What, what do you mean? What do you mean to die? And yet he's like, Oh, man, really? Uh, man, it's pretty bad out there, huh? In the back of his mind he's going, Oh, God's going to get me. He's gonna, it doesn't matter what I do because he's going to do what he's going to do no matter whether I'm sleeping or not sleeping. you got to wake up. Someone shout wake up. Because it was his voice that began to activate the Spirit of God. Someone say amen. Arise to God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Watch this. And so they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know whose cause this trouble has come upon us. And they cast lots and the lot fell on guess who guess who come on shout it what thank you surprise surprise Jonah you were hoping that that would work out in your favor right maybe it won't yet no God had a purpose and no matter how many lots you cast God's gonna always land on you Jonah we look and see that this this casting of lots and so it fell on Jonah and, and then you know it's it, why else would it not fall on him? Because it was, the, in the beginning we learned, it was God that sent the storm to begin with. And they said to him in verse 8, please tell us, watch this, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? Question mark. Uh, what is your occupation? Interesting question in the middle of a storm, don't you think? And where do you come from? And what's your country? And what people are you? It's interesting, they made Jonah fill out a, are you running from God questionnaire? Who are you? What's your social number? Where are you from? What's your occupation? What you been doing? You obviously have got a problem with God and we want to know who you are. And, 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 and he said to them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord of God of heaven and, and who made the seas and the land. It's funny, it's funny because you're not acting like you're fearing God because you're running from God. And I, you're not acting like you fear God because you've been sleeping in the hull of the ship while everything's coming apart. You're indifferent to your plight. In Jonah chapter 10, or verse 10 uh, in chapter 1, he says, Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? Look at your neighbor and say, Why do we do this? <laughs> because we're human. Everybody say amen. We're weak. We have weakness. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need his love and his mercy and his grace. 
because we have this thing called a will of our own that we want to make sure we do what we want to do and when we want to do it and that's where Jonah was but God said go to Nineveh and he said no I'm gonna leave your presence the Bible says in verse 10 for the men knew watch this that he fled from the presence of the Lord can I tell you something when people come up to you and they say are you okay I'm so I'm praying for you don't get angry at them because you fleeing from the presence of God is all over you you're at the grocery store, people are going, hmm, something's wrong over there. I don't know what's happening. You're at church, and you, you used to praise God, and now you're back there holding you. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you're discouraged. And we all get discouraged, but don't, don't be surprised when people come and say, can I pray for you? Well, well why? Why you got to pray for me or something? Wrong? Yeah, it's all over you. You're running from the presence of God. People think I have some special anointing when I come up to them in the foyer and say, you're not okay, and God wants to speak to your life. I, look, it's so obvious to everybody. You just think you're hiding, and nobody else is willing to take the chance out in the foyer to say, you need to repent and get right with God. And I'm going to do that because I'm the pastor of this house, and that's my job. I'm going to do it in love and kindness and gentleness. But let me tell you something. God is speaking to us in this hour. How many here are praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus? I said, how many here are praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus? Why? Because there are a lot of folks that have been running from the presence of God and God is trying to gather them in the storm they're asleep at the wheel they think if they sleep long enough it's all gonna go away that everything will get back to normal guess what there is no more normal and we've got to find ourselves at an old-fashioned altar because God is coming back and he's coming for his bride he's coming for a people that are obeying his commands and listening to his voice we can't make up our own rules. There is this thing called the Word of God. So they looked and said, man, what are you doing this for? You're running from the press. They, they knew that he was running because he had told them. Then they said to him, watch this, what shall we do to you? For the sea may calm us, for the sea was growing more temptuous. The Bible says in verse 12, and he said to them, pick me up, watch this, pay attention here, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Watch. Then the sea will come become calm for you, for I know that this great tempest is because of me. Now I have a question for you, Jonah. Jonah, how you doing, buddy? We've done the questionnaire. We know who you are and why you're running. We understand all that now. But Jonah, if you know you jumping or being thrown overboard, why don't you just run and jump in yourself? Why did Jonah require other people to do his dirty work? Why did, why did Jonah say, if you guys will throw me in, then everything's going to be all right? Why didn't Jonah say, you know what, I'm going to walk the plank and I'm going to do this myself? I'll tell you why Jonah didn't. Because Jonah understood the law of God and understood that that would be certain suicide. You're not hearing me today. That it was the easy way out. That it was something that would come, that he would throw himself over, and there was no hope. They were in the middle of the ocean. They were middle of the sea, and there was a, a tempest blowing and raging. He couldn't float that long. He would die out in the middle of that ocean. He knew it was certain death 
And so by the law, he knew he could not take his own life or even put himself in the place of, of knowing he would die. So he asked and required. He said, if, if you'll just throw me, pick me up and throw me into the sea, then the sea will become calm. For I know that this great tempest is become of me. Verse 13, nevertheless, the men rode harder. We're not take, we're not going to put that on our rap sheet. No, 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 no. We're not murdering you. Uh-uh. No, no, no. You're going to try that on us? No, you're not going to put that off on us. No, we're going to row harder. We're going to get to the shore because we're not going to let God and the conscience of God be against us because we killed a man. And watch what the, and they cried out to the Lord and said, we pray, oh Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. They knew what they had to do. They pled with God. Do not charge us with innocent blood. For, watch this, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleases you. And so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. It was like magic, man. It was like, whew, he hit that water, bam, poof, everything went flat. They were, like, they were so shocked that they got saved right there and then. Watch this. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. They were like, whoa, we're going to serve this God. He's amazing. Wow. But there was a Jonah. Pastor Safan, there was a Jonah that had hit the water. There was a Jonah that in the darkness of night hit that water like a brick. Imagine being Jonah this morning for just a moment as I come to an eventual close have you ever wondered have you ever wondered what it was like to be Jonah when he hit that water we have the privilege of knowing the rest of the story we have the privilege of reading it in a history book we have the privilege of knowing what happened later but Jonah had no someone shout no idea no idea imagine as Jonah hit that water and that cold water began to come over him and how that his mind was racing how am I gonna live I can't swim very well I'm gonna be out here the waves are raging and now I'm fixing to die and I'm down underneath and all of a sudden as he's trying to gather himself to pull himself back to the surface of the water something large brushes up against him I don't know about you, but I've been in the ocean and I have felt a fish skim my leg and I about jumped out of the ocean and walked on water. I promise you, it was the closest I ever came to walking on water. <laughs> Something what you find out it's a little minnow that brushed your leg or nipped at your leg because it was a little fish. You ever had that happen? Imagine Jonah. He's in the waves. He's in the middle of darkness. Someone say darkness. He was despaired. His mind was not, oh, God's going to save me. His mind was, I'm done. I'm over. I screwed up royally. I am over. And when you start thinking about being over, you all of a sudden feel the brush of that fish. And a moment later, that fish comes around and you realize that you're being surrounded by giant jaws. These monstrous, by the way, he didn't know it was a fish until he understood he was in the belly of something. It's here that we began to see the plight of Jonah. It's here that we began to look and put ourselves in that position that because of our actions, we find ourselves in a hopeless situation.
I'm closing. Hear me today. Come, our worship leaders. We find that ourselves, that we, 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 we know that we were supposed to do it. We know God. Everybody shout, we know God's will. Come on, shout it. I know God's will. I know his word. <laughs> but yet, I know that I have ran from that word. And in my running, I have now found myself thrown overboard and now I'm in the belly of something and later find out that it was a great fish now we can see that it's here that he gets serious watch this his attitude turns from sleeping it off to oh God I need you it's here in verse 17 that we find the rest of the story Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says, read it with me on the screen, if you will. Now the Lord, come on, read it with me. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. I told you that this is an ongoing sermon. But I want you to denote, if you have your Bible out or you want to make a note in your phone, I want you to note that God prepared the fish say it with me God prepared some of you see your cancer as God's curse but maybe it's your salvation say pastor that's no no I'm telling you what the Lord has spoken to me in the past and what he has given me peace about in my own wife and my own life Maybe it's that our trial that we're facing, say, is cancer the will of God? Absolutely not. Is, is trials and tribulations? Brandon, Sister Faith, you guys faced something pretty big the last week. There were moments, because I had breakfast with you, that you weren't sure. But you were absolutely sure. You had this inside faith. But there was all these things, there was... I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But God said, I'm going to take care of you. You're my own. In our lives, we have to believe, hear me today, that no matter what I'm going through, if I think there's certain death and I hit the water and I think I'm going to die and I get swallowed by what might be something that would normally destroy me. <sighs> Brother Todd, I have to have enough trust in the God of heaven and earth to say, he's prepared a great fish for me. He He's prepared. But, but Pastor, I don't understand why I'm going through it. He's prepared. There's a scripture in the New Testament that says these words that all things work together, work together, work together, work together for the good to them that what? Love the Lord and are what called according to his purpose there has to be a faith inside of us that says this that I don't understand the storm I know why I need to be thrown overboard it was my fault 
I'm the one that ran. I recognize that. And I have now got to pay the consequences. But I do know this. I'm still his child. I'm still a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His mercy is still sufficient. His grace is still great. His love will never cease. I've got to believe inside of me that I know I may have stinky seaweed all around my head. I may not know what is going to happen. But I do know this. God has prepared a way of escape. Mm. You say, Pastor, being swallowed by a great fish is a way of escape. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the irony of this, is that what you and I would think is terrible and disastrous, God said, it's exactly where you need to be. Some of you are resentful right now towards God because of where you're at. And you need to turn that around and start praising God for where you're at because you're still breathing and you're still alive. I can't believe this happened to me. Well, at least you're here and God's still able and he's still working miracles. I don't know why this is happening. Because he loves you and he wants you to be saved and he wants you to turn your life around. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Because he loves you. So there are four signs. Come on, write these down. Four signs. Grab a pencil if you're online. Grab a paper. Grab your phone. Write these down. You ready? There are four signs that we're going to learn. Remember what signs are? They're a direction. They're a way out. They're an understanding. They tell us where we're going. They tell us it reveals to us where we're at. Listen, there are four signs from Jonah today from this passage. Chapter 1. We know that God prepared a great fish. And we'll learn more next week about how Jonah got out of the belly of that fish. But today, God is trying to teach us. Sign one from Jonah in these passages are, you can run, but you can't hide. Run to the presence of God, not from. If Jonah was here this morning, he would say, don't run away, man. run to. Run. Don't run away from God. Run into his arms, into his presence, because his mercy is greater than his judgment. Did you hear me? Run to the prison. Sign number two in Jonah's story here tells us to stop ignoring your storm. Stop acting like there's no storm. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm gonna... No, you're trying to cover it up with stuff that doesn't matter. Vices that will destroy you. Relationships that will end and begin and over and cycle again. And you'll be left hurt and bruised and undone. God is saying stop ignoring the storm in your life number three sign is suicide is not the answer I'm gonna say this in the Holy Ghost suicide is not the answer say pastor that's no I'm here to declare right now in Jesus name hear the word of God today that suicide is not an answer in any way shape or form it is just transferring pain to another generation it's transferring pain to those that are around you. It's transferring pain to those that love you. And by the way, you still will be judged by God. He loves you. And not, listen, I want to say this, not all suicide is the same. I believe very much that there is mental illness and things that happen in people's lives that they're not in their own place. I'm talking about a purposeful way of escape. 
acting out of malicious hearts, not out of sick hearts and out of mental health. I'm not talking about that. I believe that God has shown and will continue to show mercy on people that are in places they don't know where they're at. But hear me today. You have to recognize that there is not an easy escape from life and that you've got to turn around and say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm not going to run from him. I'm going to run to him. I'm going to run towards his mercy, towards his grace, towards his love. I'm not going to allow myself, hear me today, I'm not going to allow myself to be taking or taken down paths that are not going to end well. I'm going to hear the word of the Lord and know that his grace is sufficient. Hear me today as I close. Number four, find somebody. Someone shout, find somebody. I'm going to shout, find a godly person. Find a praying person. Come on now. Someone who will pray for you. You may not know them, but find them. Amen. And know that they're going to help throw you overboard from your ship that's full of the wrong people and the wrong stuff. Sometimes God has to move us out of the place we're in in order to bring a fish alongside of us. I want you to think about the fish had been trailing that boat all night long because God directed the fish. Because God had already prepared to save you. How many believe God loves you today? Come on, stand with me today and give him a hand of thanksgiving for that today. Hallelujah, we love you, Jesus. Oh, come on, let's do it like we mean it to the Lord today. We are thankful for his love and his kindness. God loves you. There's hope in the storm. Someone shout, hope in the storm. Someone shout, there's deliverance. Stop resenting God for sending a storm in order to put you in a position to be saved. Joshua, I'm sure, I'm sorry, Jonah for sure didn't see the fish as his salvation, but God had prepared the fish. Stop running. Stop ignoring. Answer the call of Christ because he is already prepared to save you. Who is hearing the word of the Lord today? Who will respond to the word of the Lord today? In Jesus' name. So, in just a second, I'm going to invite you from wherever you are to come and partake in communion. This morning, Pastor talked spoke a powerful word about the signs from the prophet Jonah. We fast forward into the New Testament. We find throughout the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus sitting with his disciples at Passover. He begins to talk to them and he begins to explain to them about what's happening next, what's coming next. He's trying to let them know and prepare for them to be hurt, to be confused, but to, to be okay because there's, there's something powerful that's going to happen. So he sits at this table and we see that he takes a loaf of bread 
And it says that he took it and he broke it. And he looks around and says, this is my body, broken for you. Tells him, he says, take some, eat it. And Brother Carl, he says something that every single time, like it, it, it rattles around in my heart and in my soul. He says, as oft as you do, as many times as you do this, he says, do this in remembrance of me. You see, so often we're experience life and the frustrations and the hardships and the heartache of life. And when we're in the midst of our own personal storms, we often forget. We often forget that there have been people that have experienced this storm like us before and they made it out. We often forget that we've been through some storms. We've been through some things. And we've made it out. But in the middle of a storm, we often are triggered to remember the pain, the hardship, the loss, the loneliness. Jeremiah chapter 3, I mean, Lamentations chapter 3, Lamenta uh, uh, Jeremiah, he says, he says, I know what it's like to be broken. He lists verse after verse after verse of things he remembers about his personal storm. He says, I've been uh, mauled by a bear. That's what I've experienced. He says, I've had my teeth broken by gravel. He says, these things I remember so vividly. That's what happens when we in, are in a storm. We remember the pain. We remember the issues. We remember the struggle. We remember the trial. We remember the hurt. We remember, the, we remember those things. But today, Pastor, trying to help us understand there's something else we need to remember. In the middle of the storm, God hasn't left us. He has not forsaken us. He has not forgotten us. He has not left us to our own devices. But He's still there. There's someone this morning that needs to remember the signs of Jonah. Somebody needs to remember that you may be experiencing the hardest moment of your journey. But God still loves you. That God is still there for you. That God has poured out his life upon you. I had someone, this week was a rough week for me. Don't ask Sarah, don't ask her. Don't ask her. It's been a rough week. Somebody, just pray for her. Just pray for her. And in the middle of this, I was talking to someone. And they told me something. That, like, I, 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 Pastor and I talked yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I need to do this part. Because they told me this. And I was bemoaning. I was like, you know what? All this stuff, all these things, all these problems, all this, like, I'm not, it's, I'm not worthy. I'm not good. I'm not, like, it's just, it's all, it's all bad. And they said, but is that how God sees you? You see, in the middle of our moment of pain, we often forget. But this morning, God wants to remind someone. 
If I can get Brother Carl and Anthony, if you can come real quick, because we're about to take it. We're about to, I'm about to invite them. There is somebody in this room that needs to be reminded. Will one of you grab one of these and just stand? These, one over here. One over there. There's someone that needs to be reminded. That the enemy of your soul is going to do everything he can to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Everything. He's going to come in like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. What hopes, what dreams, what families, what marriages, children, relationships, he can devour. But someone needs to be reminded that Jesus said, I have prayed for thee. I have given my body for thee. I have shed my blood for thee. I have preserved thee. I have walked with thee. I've been right there in the middle of the storm with you. I've gone before you. I've poured out blessings on you. I've poured out love on you. I've anointed you. I've spoken a word over you. There is greater things in store for you. There's someone that needs to be reminded. So this morning, I'm going to invite you from wherever you are. I'm going to invite you to one, put some things on the altar and say, God, there's some things I'm holding. There's some, some anger or some bitterness or some frustrations. There's some weights I've been holding. God, please forgive me, God. I'm going to invite you to hand those things. I'm going to invite you to just unburden yourself. And as you do, I'm going to invite you to take your communion. You can take it as a family. You can take it solo. I want you to have a moment with God. And remember that his body was broken for you. By these stripes, you are healed. body is healed your mind is healed those generational things those are healed those things that have been hanging on you those are healed those things you haven't been able to let go those are healed someone needs to be reminded today and his blood was shed for you so that while you were still in sin, while you still didn't have the answer, while you were still broken, and while you were still messed up, while you still got it wrong, His grace is sufficient for you. So this morning, I'm going to invite you from wherever you are. Come and grab. I, you're welcome to stay here. There are going to be some leaders down here. We're happy to pray with you. We're happy to grab a hold of the kingdom with you. But I'm going to invite you from wherever you are to grab a hold and remember. Someone just remember what God has done for you. So go ahead and step on out wherever you are. You
and lean in and remember what God is doing what he has done You 